đời sông núi anh em ta đáp đời sông núi quyết bảo vệ sang sang ta thể chết cho quê hương at host my radio it's on on every monday and every friday and host my radio welcome to the show thank you And welcome to this episode of Team Cal Mario today. Happy Wednesday. Now I know you guys are asking, why is he doing this on Wednesday? And why isn't he doing it on Friday? Well, there's a reason behind it. Well, because tomorrow is Thursday, and then Friday I'm going to be gone, which I don't have time to even do my radio show, but at the same time, we will, we will, we will do this in the case of events. We will do this either Wednesday or something where, somewhere later, which is promising, right? Because otherwise, I won't have and I won't even be able to give you anything for you guys to know about. Because the, the rule for me is to let you guys know what's going on in Hong Kong, what's going around. Well, I guess it's kind of around the world, but mo mostly Hong Kong then. So obviously, I expect to I expect to get myself give you guys more updates and more reports on everything. Otherwise, there's no reason to, right? And also, state is coming up tomorrow, so I'm pretty. So I'm pretty excited about that. So hope you, hope you guys can, you know, show up on that day. Now I don't know how many are people are gonna be here. Hope it doesn't decrease because it's starting to get they kept changing. Thing is, they kept changing up, changing it, changing it, changing it, and it just drives me nuts. And it just makes it, you know, it makes it more harder for us to even do anything anyway. Anyway, we're not gonna get into that, but. We can get into the report now, and make sure to it every Monday and Friday, or sometime Wednesday or Thursday, if we're lucky. Hong Kong Media Tycoon. Now, we talked about Jimmy Lai before. Media Tycoon Jimmy Lai files legal bid against government's decision to deny his foreign lawyers a visa. Hong Kong's pro-democracy media tycoon Jimmy Lai has filed a legal bid against the government's decision to reject any further work visa applications from an overseas counsel he had hired for his national security case. Lai, 75 years old, who founded the defunct pro-democracy tablet Apple Daily, faces a total of four charges under the Beijing post-national security law and the colonial era sedition law. His case sparked debate over the participation of overseas counsels not qualified to practice in Hong Kong in the city national security cases. After Lai sought to hire King's counsels, Timothy Owen, to represent him in court, the High Court admitted Owens in the decision in October last year, despite government's objections. The court of appeals and final appeals later rejected three further attempts from the government to bar the king's counsel from the case, which is smart, because they should be allowed to do it, because if they're qualified, they're qualified. Following the defeat at the city's top court, Chief Executive John Lee invited Beijing, I don't know why, to intervene in the matter in November last year. The trial against Lai was also adjourned as the city awaited Beijing's decision. At the same time, Lai's representative senior counsel Robert Pong revealed that the immigration department had withheld Owen's visa extension applications. The Senate Committee of the National People's Congress, or NPCSC, the top decision-making body of, the Ch of China's legislature, then passed the first interpretation on the sweeping security law late last December.
while the NPSC, the NPCSC interpretation did not rule directly on whether foreign lawyers could take part in the national security cases in Hong Kong, it confirmed it confirmed the chief executive and a powerful national security committee had the power to to decide on the matter. An application and an application for leave to apply for judicial review filed on this on Tuesday. Lai's team sought to quash a decision and judgment for the National Security Committee, which ruled that the King's Council's participation in Lai's case was contrary to national security interests. Lai's also sought to challenge the decision made by a, the Director of Immigration that any new visa's application from Owen should be refused. The media technical application said that those decisions exceeded the powers prescribed by the national security law. The National Security Committee had also misconstrued the interpretation as creating a new function under the security law, as authorizing the committee to decide on matters concerning the admission of Owen's of overseas councils and national security cases, according to Lai's applications. After Lai's team sought to confirm the impact of the interpretations on Owen's admission, the security the Secretary for Justice did not inform them that Owen had been discussed at a National Security Committee meeting. On, in January, in February, Lai's team asked the High Court to rule that the National People's Congress Standing Committee interpretation would not affect judgments previously handed down regarding Owen's admission. Lai's team was not aware that the National Security Committee had decided that allowing Owen to represent Lai concerns national security, which is likely to cons- constitute national security risk and is contrary to the interests of national security. Until March when the immigration director said as such. The director also said that the committee had advised him not advised him to refuse new visa applications from Owen for Lai's case based on his judgment. The committee's designation of the nature of Owen's representation and instructions to the to the immigration director went beyond his duties and functions prescribed by, by the security law, according to Lai's application. The media tycoon argued that the committee's duties and functions related to matters of general policy and coordinating major works and significant operations. There was no power or jurisdiction to determine specific questions arising from cases, let alone overturn the judicial decisions, Lai's application read. According to Lai, the whole judicial administration would collapse and the National Security Committee stretches interpretations of its powers to decide any issue concerning national security. The media tycoon had asked the court to rule that the decision for the committee and the immigration department went beyond the powers prescribed in the security law and quashed the two, de- quashed the two decisions. Thing is, they're, they're making it so crazy. They, they get, making him look like almost like a terrorist of sort. Lysen accused of one count of collusion with foreign forces and two counts of conspiracy to collude with foreign forces under the security legislation. He also faces a charges over allegedly seditious publications. He has been detained since December 2021 and is currently serving a five-year, nine-month sentence for fraud, for fraud over violating terms of the lease of Apple, of Apple Daily's headquarters. I wonder why they're doing this, though. I wonder what somebody that doesn't make them want to see. Or they're probably just afraid that they're telling the truth already. 
Two ex-members of Hong Kong's pro-democracy union group applied to hold public rally on Labor Day. Two former members of the defunct defunct Hong Kong Confederation of Trade Unions, not Federation, Confederation of Trade Unions, once the city's largest pro-democracy union coalition had applied for police approval to organize a public demonstration on Labor Day. Former Hong 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 Kong Confederation of Trade Unions Chairperson Joe Wong and committee member Danny To announced an, announced in a Facebook post on Tuesday, on Tuesday, um, on Tuesday after, um, afternoon, afternoon, that, that they have filed an application to host a Labor Day rally in their own names. Anyone seeking to organize a public processions of a certain size in Hong Kong must apply for a police letter with no objection. To told local media that they had applied to march from Victoria Park and Causeway Bay to the central government's offices in Admiralty at 3 p.m. on May 1st with a maximum size the rally set at 500. Which I don't even know if that's possible or not. While some small-scale public gatherings had recently been granted police approval, they have been subject to stringent measures. Hong Kong's first authorized protest against a government policy in about two years, demonstrators were made to wear number tags and carry their own cordon lines. I found it to be very unusual, actually. Earlier this month, the city's security chief defended the use of identity tags, saying that people must implement suitable measures based on their assessments of potential risk, and that there were, there were still those who hoped to stir up chaos at the public events. Of course, he did not elaborate who it is. If you were government officials, elaborate who those those so-called cursing who stir up chaos. Who are they? Is it some ghost? Is that the one who created chaos then? I don't even know what the government is even saying. It makes no sense. Who's stirring up trouble? Is it the League of Social Democrat? Is it the Democratic Party? Is it the Civic Party? Is it AD, the ADPL? Is it the People's Power? Who are they? Who are the freaking people who causes chaos? None. None, because they don't even know who they are. I don't even know who they are. Who are they? Tell us. Speaking to commercial radio on Wednesday morning, Wong said he hoped the authorities could treat their applications with an open mind and apply less stringent requirements. A protest shows how much freedom a city has. If conditions are placed on demonstrations, that makes it appear less free. And will, in fact, affect people's perceptions of Hong Kong, Wong added. Toe told in media, in media that he was not worried uh, worried the proposed march would be hijacked by violent groups, and that nowadays the social atmosphere is ordinary. I cannot see where the radical peoples are. Unless you're a social democrat, but they are not that crazy as they used. They're not like uh, as you call it, radical as they used to. They're not gonna. Thing is, they always see they're more of parliamentary struggles. Street rallies and stuff like that. They're not like you, you think, oh, they're going to assault officials. No, they're not. They're just not that kind of people. People's power, same thing. They're not that crazy. He also said they would not agree to they would not agree to wearing number tags and hope there may be alternatives. Before the COVID-19 pandemic began in 2020, Hong Kong sees a, a large-scale labor demonstrations every year with participants from across the political spectrum. That year, eight Democrats, including former lawmaker Long Guat Hong Longhair and Lei Chat Yan, 
March on May 1st. They were subsequently found guilty of violating the COVID-19 COVID-related gathering limits in place at the time and received a suspended 14-day sentence. The group gathering limits was abolished altogether, was abolished together with a number of COVID-19 regulations towards the end of last year. In Tuesday, in a Tuesday statement, the two unionists said that workers could only make changes to an unjust societal structure by union to put pressure on the rich and powerful. Some public figures who claim to stand for labor rights said demonstrations and protests are not important, as workers have other means to be heard, and the government listened to opinions. If changing society was this easy, the world would get, would be rid of, of labor problems, same in read. Regardless of how much room it is left, or how much can be accomplished in Hong Kong's in Hong Kong society nowadays, what matters the most is to continue the spirit of the Labor Day. I agree with that, actually. In reply to Hong Kong Free Press on Wednesday morning, the police confirmed that they had received a notice from members of the public proposing to host a public event on Hong Kong Island on May 1st. A spokesperson said police were currently handling the matters. Literally, handling the matters. After the police rec- after the police received after the police received the notice from the from the organizer, we will conduct a comprehensive a comprehensive risk assessment based on factors including the purpose uh, the purpose and nature of the event, the numbers of participants, and the, uh, participants, past experiences and latest circumstances. Depending on the risk of the depending on the results of that risk assessment, the police will adopt appropriate measures to handle the public event. In question, the police added, "Both Wong and Toh were amongst the form, amongst the ex ex Hong Kong Hong, Hong Kong Confederate Trade Union members taken by National Security Police to assist in an investigation last month after former chief executive of the Union Coalition Elizabeth Tang." was arrested on suspicion of, collu- of foreign collusion. The Hong, the Hong Kong Confederation Trade Union announced its decision to disband, citing threats to member safety in September 2021. It was amongst these 50-some civil society groups that folded in a wake of Beijing imposed national security law. So, I don't know how successful that they're going to get, but I'm hoping that they will get their freaking license well, not license. I would say no, no objections by the police. Hoping that can happen, and of course they can. Of course the police can just deny it because they are, you know, you know how they are. They just don't hate denying anything. What the people wants to protest about labor laws? Why aren't pe- more people need to come out and do more labor union style? Um, what do you call it? Rallies. There needs to be more rallies, especially July, especially July first, and also and also and also June as well, June fourth. You gotta think about that. That is the most important thing that you ever had, because if it's not, if you can't do it, well, you're screwed. In total, you are completely dead screwed. Otherwise, because if that happened, that won't be good. That won't be very good at all. You always want. You always want something that actually. You always want movements where people can actually measure the strength of what the government's doing. Basically, to keep the government checked, so that way they won't actually suppress anyone else. Because the problem is, 
They love to do it. They don't care about you. That's what the government's doing. That's what the Hong Kong government passed national security law. They can use that against you anytime. And, if, and luckily, if the if the national if the extradition bill, the thing is, if the extradition bill was passed, then I'm I'm, I'm gonna be honest. Then we could have we could have we could have been completely completely be be you know we'll be extradited to China and you know they could bring everyone back on some trumped up charges that does not involve anything whatsoever that can make it more difficult and can make it more hard and I can bet you right now it could be very very dangerous it's so dangerous that anybody could be even including people visiting Hong Kong could be arrested as well Hong Kong hospitality student handed 21-day suspended sentence over doxy police officer. A Hong Kong hospitality student had been handed a 21-day jail term with a sentence suspended for 12 months after she admitted to contempt of court. Yip Sing Man, a student of hotel and catering management, appeared at, at, a, at the high court in front of Judge Russell Coleman on Wednesday. She admitted to violate a court injunction which barred the release of police officers' personal information, also known as doxing. The High Court issued an interim injunction order in 2019 barring the disclosure of personal data belonging, belonging to police officers and their extended families amidst the 2019 extradition bill protests and unrest. Yet published the personal details of a police officer online in September 2020, accompanied by a line that reads, Remember not to share this with others. An innocent face um, emoticon, the representative for the, Secretary, the, for the Secretary for Justice said on Wednesday. The inclusion of the, of the emoticon, emoticon said, uh, was said to have been an aggravating, aggravating factor as it conveyed the message that Yip was actually asking readers to share their message. The police officers whose personal personal image was leaked was subjected to nuisance to um, nuisance and harassment, the Secretary for Justice representative has said, adding that he had to change his Instagram username as a result. The court should send a clear message that such acts would not be tolerated, the representative said. During her mitigation submission, Yip, who appeared who represented herself in court, on Wednesday said that she had committed an act out of her own impulsiveness and ignorance. The defendant also said that she hoped to join the city's hotel industry after graduating in July. The Department of Justice applied for the court order to for the court to order Yip to pay legal costs totaling over one hundred and sixty six thousand dollars. Yip said said that as a part time student, she earned a monthly income of around five thousand dollars. And she had to support her mother and younger brother. The defense added that her parents were divorced, and her family could receive a comprehensive had received her family received comprehensive social security assistance. Yip said she was very sorry for committing the act, that she regret her decision, her actions. The defendant's clear records and the fact that she removed the post the day after it was posted were amongst the mitigating mitigating factors. The judge said. Coleman sentenced Yip to 21 days in prison, suspended for 12 months, and ordered Yip to pay the Secretary for Justice 
$30,000 for legal costs. The judge also lifted an automatic postponement of proceedings at the beginning of the hearing at the request of the Secretary for Justice representatives. The request was made after Yip replied for legal aid for a second time on Tuesday, which would trigger an automatic suspension of proceedings for 42 days unless the court ruled otherwise. Yip said her first application was rejected last year. The defense said she could not file supporting evidence for her applications at the time after contracting COVID-19. The judge said that a written judgment will soon be handed down for Yip's sentencing, as well as his as his decision to lift the automatic stays of proceedings. In 2021, Hong Kong passed a anti-doxing law, which which under which offenders risk a one million dollar fine and five years imprisonment. And you expect any Hong Kongers if they if that happens to them, you expect them to have money to even ha- to even pay for that or even anything whatsoever. I don't even think it's possible if that happens. Ice hockey team Anson Blunder has affected all Hong Kong athletes, chair of sports bar, he says. It's over one thing. Why is it talking about? It's annoying. A national security blunder involving a pro-democracy protest song being erroneously played at an international sporting finals have affected all Hong Kong's athletes, the chair of the city's ice hockey bar has said. Right before the playing of the national anthem, there is a feeling of uneasiness, Mike Khan, the chairperson of the Hong Kong Ice Hockey Association, said on Tuesday. Up until the moment the anthem is played, only then can the athletes feel a burden has been lifted off of them. Khan made the comments while speaking at the airport as Hong Kong's women's ice hockey team returned to the city after scoring a historic win in Romania where they triumphed in four of five games in the division at the, ice ho- at the Ice Hockey Women's World Championship. The victory came amidst an ongoing controversy that saw Glory to Hong Kong, a song popular during the protests in 2019, played at a men's hi- hockey game in Bosnia-Herzegovina instead of China's national anthem, March of the Volunteers, in February. Last week, the Sports Federation representing Hong Kong at the Olympic at the Olympics warned in a strongly worded statement that it could suspend the association over the blunder, ordering it ordering it to submit a full written report on its non-compliance. Secretary for Cultural for Culture, Sports and Tourism Kevin Young said on Saturday that the government sided with the Federation, adding that, that if the association did not submit a satisfactory report, and make it claim subsidies, which I found out to be very, very repulsive, actually. The mishap at the ice hockey game was at least was at least the fifth such incident involving the wrong song being played at an international sporting event in recent months. Hong Kong authorities have preferred to the tune being closely associated with quote-unquote violent protests and independence movements in 2019. Even though it didn't attract many of them, but it was not one of the protest demands. In fact, they don't even think it's practical. The only thing they want is to maintain under the one country, two system. Now, that's called freedom of expression, so that's up to you anyway. Appearing alongside Khan and the ice hockey players at the airport on Tuesday, team leader Annie Khan said that this was the most difficult year in, her, in all her years overseeing the teams. And I feel, I feel like it's already gotten way off your shoulder. But let's talk about some happy things. The athletes were not defeated by COVID. Kwan said, This year we won gold, silver, and bronze medal. We have we never had such 
such a good result before. I'm very happy. I'm very, very proud of them," she said. She added that if the Ice Hockey Association was found to have any inaccuracies, the management should be held accountable. Please, please, please do not affect our athletes," Quans added. Ask if there was there was concern about potential cuts to funding. Athlete Chloe Chan said any cuts may affect the team's development. In the long run, it's hard to say. One impact there may be, we may we may we may need to have some discussions with the government later. I don't need to the point where to t- talk to the government anymore. It's annoying, and I don't want to deal with them, and I just don't want to hear from them, and I don't want to deal with these governments, these freaking governments. They're awful. I don't care. They're just overreacting. One hundred and seventy thousand Hong Kongers received five thousand vouchers handout after appealing exclusion from schemes over immigration. Nearly 70% of 250,000 applicants who initially rejected from the government's consumption voucher scheme last year have received $5,000 handout after appealing the decision to exclude them. In written response to the inquiry from lawmaker Dominic Lee, the Permanent Secretary for Financial Services and Treasury, Cassie Chu, revealed that, that a total of 250,000 people were initially disqualified from the scheme for having a permit for having permanently departed from Hong Kong or having intended to do so. The conditions that Hong Kongers who had immigrated or planned to immigrate were not were not were not eligible for the government's handout designed to boost the city's COVID stricken economy and was added uh, was added to the second phase of to- of the of 2022's voucher handouts. As of the end of February, Chu said around 170,000 of the 180,000-odd applicants who had filed for a review had been successful and received the $5,000 X coupon. Chu also said that the administrative cost of last year's handout scheme amounted, amounted to about $400 million, a quarter of which went on service fees for electronic payment service providers. During legislative council uh, meeting meeting on Wednesday, the legislator asked asked why only around eighty thousand applicants were rejected when government data suggested that one hundred and ten thousand people had left the city from mid twenty twenty one to mid twenty twenty two. Do we have any effective measures to prevent those who have already immigrated, left Hong Kong, and who no longer wants to be one of us Hong Kongers? From using taxpayers' money and receiving a consumption vouchers, Lee asked. In response, the head of the financial secretary private office, Howard Lee, said the government had already saved over $400 million by disqualifying the 80000 The official said the main criteria to determine the eligibility of applicants included whether they had applied to retrieve their mandatory pro- uh, provenance fund early on the grounds of permanent departure. If they had stayed in Hong Kong for at least one day in the past thirty six months in the place and the place of issue of their op- Hong Kong identity cards, the finance minister said that they had they had reviewed the evidence submitted by those who had appealed and found that some had returned to Hong Kong after immigration or had never left who or had never actually left the city. When the government started to take appeals over the handout rejection, 
rejections last July, and applicants told Hong Kong Free Press that the authorities should have checked residents' travel records rather than asking them to file reviews. If you expect it, if you expect them to respond to that, that ain't gonna work. So the government, what the government is doing is just re, is just completely dishonest. We realize some of them either left or barely left yet. And I don't know why. Why is AI even doing this? Why are you making AI worse? China seeks to regulate AI technology. Demands content reflect core socialist values. Does that happen in America? <laughs> Absolutely not. We could do anything you want here. Content produced by a generative artificial intelligence or AI services should embody core socialist values. China's cyberspace regulator has said as part of its latest draft measures to regulate AI technology firms. In a list of proposed regulations revealed on Tuesday, the Cyberspace Administration of China said the country support the independent innovation of artificial, of artificial intelligence, but developers of generative AI products must comply with the proposed legal requirements in respect to social morality and public order. AI-generated content should not contain messages that should that would overturn the socialist system, incite separatism, undermine national unity, and promote terrorism and extremism, this already said. Messages that spread ethnic hatred and discrimination or contain violent, obscene, porno- pornographic, and false information will be will also be prohibited. Gee, I wonder how I asked many of the victims who were actually accused of subverting state power. Content generated by generate um, content generated by generative artificial intelligence should embody core socialist values. It should not contain contain contents that subvert the state power. The regular said. Of course, state power is one. Of course, subverting state power with just one AI. That's not going to do much. Draft rules, which are set to take effect later this year, were published on the same day as the Chinese tech giant Alibaba announced the rollout of its new AI model, Tongyi Chinwen, to rival ChatGPT. Like, if that's gonna work. The product, which has Chinese and English language capabilities, will be incorporated into all Alibaba's business applications in the near future, the firm said. Cyberspace authorities in China suggested mandating generative AI service, service providers to take measures to prevent discrimination, and generation of false information. They, mu- they must also protect and they must also respect and protect the intellectual pro- uh, property rights, business ethics, and personal privacy. If the generated content was found, was found or reported to have breached the regulations, service providers should respond by filtering such messages. They should also optimize their model within three months to ensure the content in question did not appear again, the proposed rules read. If a user was found to have violated regulations such as using generative AI products for malicious posting and commenting, then junk mails and improper marketing, price shall, shall suspend or terminate the services. Those who fail to comply with the regulations shall face criminal liability and punishment under existing laws. Data security and protection of personal information, the cyberspace regulator said. Members of the public must submit their feedback on the proposed regulations via email or letter until May 10th. And the question is, why would I? I don't know. Why would I care? I don't really care about what the Communist Party does. We did talk 
on Monday, we talked a lot about Taiwan and China itself and about the planes flying over the island. Well, China sets up no-fly zone north of Taiwan for space activities, Taipei says. Taiwan's transport ministry said Wednesday, China has set up a brief no-fly zone north of the island for April 16th due to, due to space activities. The closure comes after Beijing completed three days of massive war games around Taiwan. The start is stim- assimilated, assimilate target strikes and practice a blockade of the, of the island. The no-fly zone does not appear to be linked to the drills, with, tra- with Taiwan's transport ministry saying Ta- China has imposed restrictions on, con- on convergence areas of many international routes to restrict flights on the grounds of space activities. The restrictions will be placed will, will be in place for just 27 minutes, from 9:30 from 9:30 to 9:57 on Sunday. The transport ministry has added that China had initially announced. It's a three-day closure, but revised it following objections from Taipei. The ministry had informed China that this is this unreasonable designation will bring huge and unnecessary flight risks to the region and damage the rights and interests of international aviation. And Japan's top government spokesperson had already said his government had also been notified to the of the three-day no-fly zone. Chinese authorities notified us of the designation of and fl- of an area that may affect the safety of aircraft flights for air for aerospace um, activities from from September, from April sixteenth to to the eighteenth. Hiro- Hirokazu Matsuno said, "Why are they doing this anyway? I don't know what is the purpose and what's the reason behind it. I don't know why they're doing it. It just makes it, it just makes it useless anyway." It's so useless, in fact, I just found it to be very hilarious. Hong Kong 47, prosecutors named ex-lawmaker Dennis Kwok as co-conspirator in national security trial, even though he's not even in Hong Kong anymore. Hong Kong's prosecutors had alleged that former lawmaker Dennis Kwok was a co-conspirator in the city's largest national security case against 47 pro-democracy figures. Prosecutor Jonathan Mangtakho Referred to a press conference held by the Civic Parties, by the Civic Party, the pro-democracy party that Kwok was a founding member of, when naming him in court on Wednesday. Now based in the U.S., Kwok a barrister announced two years ago that he had left Hong Kong with his family. In 2020, he was amongst the four pro-democracy lawmakers ousted from the Legislative Council, and this did not trigger a mass resignation from the opposition. <laughs> he was not known to have taken part in the primary election in July 2020, which, around which the high-profile national security trial centers. The aim of the primaries held after the pro-democracy camp landslide victory in the district council elections the year before was to em- try and employ strategic voting to help pro-democrats win a majority in the legislature. The 47 Democrats charged with expiring to commit subversion were allegedly planning to use legislative powers had they achieve their goals through indiscriminately veto bills and thus force the chief executive resignation and a government shutdown. Park is the latest co-conspirators to be named by the prosecution. Earlier, it was alleged that former district counselor Choi Chak-hong, an ex-chief officer of pro-democracy group Power for Democracy, Luke Lai, were, conspirator- were co-conspirators in the case. The co-conspirator rule 
rule um, rule allows for a statement made outside court by an alleged co-conspirator to it to another to be admitted as evidence against all involved. The trial against the 16 Democrats who pleaded not guilty to the subversion charge is taking place before three hand-picked national security judges and no jury, signaling a departure from Hong Kong's common law legal system. The 29, the 29 who have pled guilty will be sentenced after the 20, 90th day trial has concluded. All of the defendants face up to life imprisonment. The trial entered its 41st day on Wednesday as the defense started to cross-examination of Andrew Chu, one of the defense who became a witness for the, pers- for the persecution. The former, the former district counselor was a convener of the Powerful Democracy, the group that, organi- that assisted in organizing the primary elections. Barrister Anson Wong, representing ex-district counselor Chuck, um, Chen Dahol and ex-lawmakers Long Harold Long Guohong, pressed Chiu on, what, on his WhatsApp exchanges or Democrats leading up to the primaries. In one message, Chiu told Lai, who, uh, who, ha- who he had appointed to attend meetings on his behalf, to keep an ear out for how Benitai, a fellow defendant and organizer of the primaries, referred to the powerful democracy role in the project as he often makes a mess of things. After Wong, after Wong, Barrister Randy Sek began cross-examining Chiu. Sek was representing activist Gordon Ng, who was at, who has been identified as one of the organizers of the polls and the former chair of the hospital workers union, Winnie Yu. Chiu confirmed that Ng was not was not in any of the WhatsApp groups that had been looked at during the trial, and was not involved in the drawing up of the primary nomination forms. Wong also pulled up a front page of Apple Daily's advertisement for the Say No to Primary Dodgers campaign, which called on voters not to cast their ballots for three types of candidates, those who were opposed to the unofficial primaries, those who did not join the primaries, and those who refused to abide by the results of the primaries. A WhatsApp group conversation displayed in court shows defendant Mike Lam, the founder of About Tai Chain, saying that the content was the ad was problematic. In the same conversation, Tai said the advertisement had been made had been made by a civil organization and had no direct uh, relationship with the primaries. Sector sec, responded to Sec. Chu said that Tai was referring to an organization. He added that he only came to know of the advertisement when it was shared in a WhatsApp group. Earlier this month, former lawmaker Arnold King, who took the stand as the first primary. A persecution witness said he was never treated. He never treated him as one of the organizers of primary, contradicting the persecution case that Ng played a key role in planning, organizing, and advancing of the alleged conspiracy. Two more defendants who were testifying for the persecution, Lam and ex district counsel Ben Chung, will take the stand after Chiu. This is one of the largest security cases ever. Like we all know of, it's very, very large, actually. And I don't know why most most of these things, most of these pro democracy people right now, they're just out for themselves, not because they hate each other, but because they're trying to do it for their own survivals right now. And right now, it's terrifying that we can't that we are afraid that we're going to be sentenced to life for that. And there's also more coming up, but we'll talk more after the break. Welcome back. Hong Kong 47 activists campaign against election primary dodgers would have breached electoral laws, court hears. 
an online campaign which calls on people not to vote for candidates who fail to join an unofficial legislative primary polls would have violated the city's election election laws. A former uh, politician has said at a high-profile national security trial involving pro-democracy, 47 pro-democracy figures. Voting strategy known as Say No to Primary Dodgers would have posed obstacles for some pro-democracy election hopefuls during the Legislative Council election originally scheduled for, for September 2020. Ex-District Council Andrew Chiu told a panel of three judges, three handpicked judges overseeing the case on Tuesday, such obstacles will have amounted to contraventions of the election and corrupt, corrupt and illegal conduct ordinance, he said. She was among four of the 47 Democrats who agreed to testify for the prosecution against their peers. Accusation against the campaign performed by activist Gordon Bernal by his online pseudonym Lee Bucklow emerged on, a day, on day 40 on a lengthy trial of the, 16, of the 16 Democrats who denied the charge of conspiracy to commit subversion. Those convicted faced up to life imprisonment under the Beijing enacted national security law. Together with, with three one co-defendants who pled, who pled guilty earlier, the group Santa Cruz uh, planned to gain a legislative majority who uses their power as lawmakers to indiscriminately veto bills whilst forcing the chief executive resignation and a, and a government shutdowns, and most were detained for almost two years awaiting trial. Had the election been, not been delayed over due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the alleged conspiracy would have carried out a fruition and gravely affected the state's stability and was likely to pursue claim when a trial began in early, in early February. On Tuesday, Chu testified for the prosecution that he did not know the identity of Lee Baklow until the Democrats were brought to court for the first time in March 2021. The former convener of the pro, for the problem of the pro-democracy Powerful Democracy, a defunct political group that helped execute the primary, said he had raised concern after reading the views expressed by active by the activists, who was using an alias, and asked voters not to cast their ballots for three diff- for three for three types of candidates who and those who were opposed to holding off the holding of the unofficial primaries, those who did not join the primaries, those who refused to abide by the results of the primaries. Chu said. The activists mentioned how legal scholar Benny Tai, the main organizer of the primaries, and a key figure in the case, has supported his views. Such calls gave, gave the impression that Ng was amongst the organizers of the primaries. Chu said it con- contradicted the testimony of the first compliance witness, Arnold King, who told the court last month that he never regarded Ng as part of the organizing team. Chu went on to say, that candidates should voluntarily choose to be bound by the outcomes of the primaries, meaning that those who lost wouldn't would not enter the official election. Because according to Hong Kong election legislation, anyone has the right to participate or not participate in the election, she said. The campaign promoted by Lee Bak Lo was a form of support for the winners of the primaries. Three types was of the not of not voting the he mentioned would hinder those who wanted to run in the election. High Court Judge Andrew Chance asked Chu if people objected to Ng's voting campaign because it undermines the freedom of people to run an election. Former politician replied, yes, because it breached the election ordinance. Chu claimed that when Tai was asked about Ng's 
role and capacity in the primaries, the ex-associate law professor said that the activist was amongst his fans. It echoed the persecution's early assertion that that, that was a supporter of Thai. Chiu also claimed that the legal scholar said, said that has assisted him in the past projects such as strategic 2016 voting plan, Thundergo. Persecutors alleged earlier that mm, explained how the voting campaign would act as a separate entity to support the primary election. It would help save money and publicity, mm, was said to have promoted the plans on his Facebook page and YouTube channel, as well as published a series of articles online on an on online media outlets, including in media and defunct stand news. He also faced a f- plays a front page advertisement in the shuttered news paper after daily to advocate for the primaries and the campaign. Ty did not share concerns that mm, called maybe in breach of the city's election laws. Chu said, but the legal scholar had reminded the activists to be more careful with his promotions after speaking with the ex-district counselor. Chu would continue his testimony as the second appliance witness on Wednesday. He is set to face cross-examination by the defense after prosecution concluded their questioning. It's almost a point where pro-democracy has to turn on each other, just because of the just for survival. You know, it's obviously one of the most dangerous thing ever. And you may think, well, Hong Kong has freedom; you can criticize them. Well, it's up to well the probation can criticize them, but everything else you can't criticize them at all. That ain't freedom. That's nothing freedom at all. In my own capacity, it's not freedom. That's literal no freedom, no nothing whatsoever. So I don't think this is a point where we should say, well, let's just attack them. Well, at this what this point of period, we can't attack them because of that. Because this is what I call it, forced confession out, just so they can actually, just so they can actually save themselves and protect themselves. I'm not trying to defend them, I'm just saying that otherwise, you have your own opinions. One final report for today, so this is something that makes me happy actually. Taiwan's ruined party picks Vice President William Lai as presidential candidate. Taiwan's ruling party nominated Vice President William Lai as his candidate for next year's presidential election on Wednesday, choosing a contender who had been more outspoken on Taiwan's independence than incumbent incumbent Tsai Ing-wen. The announcement comes two days after China formally ended massive war games around democratic Taiwan that saw its simulated simulate targeted strikes and practice and practice a blockade of the island. The nomination is almost certain to anger China, who openly loathes lie, which open, openly loathes lies for his views on Taiwan independence. I am very honored to have received the DPP's nomination to take part in the 2024 presidential election and to uphold the duty of safeguarding Taiwan, Lai said at, at a DPP, a Democratic Progressive Party press conference. The 63-year-old has long considered the front-runner of the DPP nomination to see Lai, who is barred from running again after her second four-year terms ends in May 2024. Lai has long held that Taiwan cannot attain a peaceful future by appeasing China and has urged the island's residents to unite against its authoritarianism. I agree. On Wednesday, he reiterated that stance. 
Now the Democrat bloc in the, in the, in the international community had noticed China's threat to the international community and is concerned with the importance of peace in the Taiwan Strait, Lai said. You must prepare for war, for war to avoid war. Stop a war, you must be able to fight a war. China, which claims self-rule of Taiwan as part of its territories, have ramped up military, diplomatic, and economic pressure on Taiwan since Ta- since the 2016 election, as she views the islands as a as a sovereign nation. Lai lauded Tsai's two terms as president, saying the world had recognized Taiwan's democratic credentials under her leadership. In the future, I will continue to strengthen democratic Taiwan in the same democratic path so the world can see Taiwan's value and embrace Taiwan, he said. I already embraced Taiwan already, and I knew it was going to be great. The Harvard-educated doctor-turned-politician had previously described himself as a pragmatic Taiwan independence worker. In January, he explained that this means he considered the island to be already a sovereign country, and there was no need for Taiwan to declare independence again. Beijing has said any Taiwanese move towards a declaration of formal independence would prompt a military response. In the future of China's attacks, rhetoric, and threats with its military, we would not change our peaceful stance, Lai said, suggesting he will work towards peace building with Beijing. We will not give up any chance for peace, he added, saying both sides need to work together to improve the lives of people on either sides of the Taiwan Strait. Lai also sent a message to voters saying next year's polls will be a choice between democracy and authoritarianism. Obviously, it's very, very easy to choose which one you should be choosing and not choosing something that can literally destroy you completely. I, 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 I'm serious. I'm serious right now and I hope that clears up for everybody. To understand that you don't want that to happen and you don't want to live under it. I know I said it's the last thing to report, but I forgot something to report on that about it. So we're gonna report on journalism because journalism why not, right? So let's just get let's just Paul finds over eighty percent of Hong Kong journalists who emigrate do not regret leaving the city. Hong Kong journalists who have immigrated face a number of difficulties when trying to start their careers in media overseas, according to a to a report published by an overseas journalist body. However, most of those who responded to the small sample poll told researchers that they had no plans to return to Hong Kong and did not regret over the, regret the decision to leave the city despite challenges. An exodus of Hong Kongers, including experienced journalists, was seen after the 2019 protests against the extradition bill and the implementation of the national security law in 2020. From December 17th last year to February 20th, the Association of Overseas of Overseas Hong Kong Media Professionals surveyed nearly a hundred a hundred Hong Kong media workers who have moved overseas. The association was who was which was founded by veteran Hong Kong journalists who have left the city, such as columnists Joseph Lian and Steve Fines, then conducted in-depth interviews with twelve of the respondents. Amongst the 90 valid responses received, a third of the journalists said they were, they were continuing to, to pursue their career in the media industry, while remaining a two-thirds have devoted themselves to other professions, including a YouTuber, a barista, a car mechanic, and a speech um, pathologist, and, and a florist. 
Most those who are not working in the media, 40% expressed their desire to enter the industry again. However, language skills and lack of, no- of local knowledge were major obstacles when competing for roles, with two-thirds of the respondents saying they were not conf- confident working in a non-Chinese-speaking environment. There is no solution of the issue of the language. It, there's no solutions on the language issue. It is almost impossible for me to achieve a native speaker level of English, like right now I'm speaking with a knowledge of English. One of the interviewees told researchers, "May said they have lack connections in the local media industry and may miss out on opportunities as a result." According to the report, however, despite the challenges, 72 of the 90 respondents said they had no plans to return to Hong Kong, while 81 respondents said they did not regret moving overseas. I agree with that. Some journalists said they were not interested in returning it due to burnout and mental health issues stemming from their experience in Hong Kong. I'm no longer interested in the journalism job after the past few years. The depressing atmosphere in Hong Kong and the poor management at my workplace under such an environment was simply too much, said a former investigative journalist moved to the UK in early 2023 and planned to study a master's degree on the on the environment. Since then, think about that. Since then, it became much more harder anyway. Despite the challenges faced by those who em- had emigrated, the report found that there were still opportunities for Hong Kong journalists to continue their career overseas. Public broadcasters such as BBC, Voice of America, and Radio Free Asia have hired Hong Kong journalists with Chinese language skills and knowledge of Hong Kong and the diaspora community. Meanwhile, newly founded Hong Kong diaspora media and self-run media have also provided opportunities for Hong Kong journalists to continue reporting on Hong Kong. However, funding issues and staff shortages have created challenges for these independent media, the report said. Our research has found a strong determination to keep the spirit and practice of a free media alive. Given the dangers of independent journalism within Hong Kong, our respondents recognize the responsibility to work for the restoration of the free media in their new new and safer home abroad, the report concluded. So it's obviously sad that the media is not no longer it used to be in Hong Kong because of the, you know, crappy system that they're living in and how much stress they were living in and how much they are completely burned out from the the atmosphere that they're living in. And I'm hoping that Hong Kong can be can be improved. But of course the government will still deny it anyway. So what can you do about it? Nothing. When the government denies it, they don't care about you. And so what do you think? Do you think Hong Kong should be should be the way that the official says? Or should it be changed? Should it change? Well, it's up to you guys now. And also thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys enjoy this podcast, make sure you tune in every Monday and Friday for our regular podcast. And of course, tomorrow's state, so I'll be excited to be there. You know, there's a lot of stuff to do, but hey, it was, it's going to be very, very fun. And that's it for today, and we'll talk more next time. This is Team Cal, my radio signing out. Hope you guys have a great weekend. <laughs> It's on on every Monday and every Friday. And host my radio. Welcome to the show. Thank you.